Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Aiming in Jesus' name, oh yes, I claim it. Any little bread that I make, I have to break it. Brothers want to break me down, I can't take it. I've done a scholarship for the kids, they said it's racist. That's not anti-white, it's pro-black. Hang me out to dry, I won't crack. All these fancy ties and gold plaques. Never had no silver spoons in our mouths, we sold like. Don't comment on my culture, you ain't qualified. Stab us in the back and then apologize. If you knew my story, you'll be horrified. The irony of trapping on the Boris back. Gotta stay alive and say my brother as well. Look at all these legends on the cover of L. Long time coming, but we come to prevail. I guess a little bit of heaven has to come with the hell, you know? Searching every corner of my mind. Searching every corner. Looking for the answers I can't find. Now, for those of you out there who are going, I don't know what grime is, I don't like the sound of it, that sounds like rap, that sounds awful, it's all a bunch of people talking about gangs and rap and the whole thing. That, for the first time for many of you, was Stormzy. First time for me for a long time for Stormzy, and that was Crown. And that sort of music is the subject for my next guest. Where we come from, Rap, Home and Hope in Modern Britain is a new book, is a new book, by Ine Fock uh, Epscom, and I'm delighted to say that he's joining me live uh, on the line now. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for having me. The, the pleasure's all mine. And, you know, I have to, I have to kind of think, because I've been doing this for a little while now, that I know, you know, without coming all those smash, smashy and nicey DJ type, but I kind of got my finger on the pulse of a lot of bits and pieces. But my background tends to be blues, rock, etc. And... I'm not. I'm not a teenager from London anymore. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fifty-something living living in Spain, and so mm. my relationship with with rap and street music per se would go back to that that first generation of hip hop. That sort of stuff with with Public Enemy coming over from the US, and a lot of the sort of. And I was a dance a kid in London in the nineties, so it would all be sort of maxi jazz and and faithless and all that sort of stuff. And now we have this new generation of music coming out because music evolves and so what i like 20 years ago or 30 years ago is no longer mm. current so tell me about your starting point for this one because i find it fascinating yeah no thank you yeah the book where we come from it focuses on predominantly grime and the uk rap which i guess are strands of british hip-hop and mc culture that came around in the early 2000s and that's kind of the onset and the book is a social history so it looks to chart um, the history of those kind of genres, their rise, and I guess their current trajectory today, where they're among the most popular genres in the UK at the minute and in many places across Europe too. So, and, book, uh, and what's your what's your background? What, what's your into this, if you will? Yeah, so I grew up in South London, and yeah, was kind of immersed into the music from a kid from school, from friends who would pass the music around and always felt that could see like the power the music held on communities right across the UK. And so after uni, I started music journalism and I started interviewing a lot of the musicians that I had been listening to. Um, people like Stormzy, people like Giggs, people like Dave, all of these musicians who are really big, high profile names now. Um, uh, my journalism was essentially centered on trying to 
give context to the music that they're creating and to also show and display the legacy and real effect they're having on communities all across the UK. And the important thing here about the book is the UK experience, because people will say, oh, it's rap. So they all think it's West Coast, East Coast. They all think Tupac and they all think, you know, you know, Crips and Bloods and people shooting each other. But the UK rap experience is in some ways somewhat different, and that reflects perhaps in the lyric. And also, and, and for those who may only think grime is what you get behind the kitchen counter, let's let's explain some of the some of the the, the, the where where the actual where did grime come from in terms of a its name and and b how that differentiates differentiates from from what I would call rap or, or what you'd call hip hop. Yes, as we know, of course, hip hop is has its origins in America. And many, most people's initial reaction to hip hop will be to think of America naturally. And when hip hop came to the started spreading globally in the eighties, it of course came to the UK. Um, but when it reached the UK, it started to blend with a lot of other sounds here to create something like completely distinct. In the end, it started to blend with like sound system culture, with dancehall, with um, a lot of the UK reggae musicians like Smiley Culture and Tipper Irie. And from there, like a unique identity and DNA of British rap began to be born, which would blend like American hip hop, of course, but it would re- also lean really heavily on um, sound system culture, dancehall and um, those kind of genres too. And I think that's been reflected in the MC culture that continues to come out of the UK. We, of course, had Jungle was really huge, um, is a reflection of those meldings, Garage the same. And then Grime in the early 2000s is kind of the latest uh, iteration of that dynamic and that blend. So Grime has elements of American rap, but also like leans heavily on sound system culture and pirate radio culture uh, and those things. And, and what, what are the sort of, what are the, the themes we're tackling uh, with, oh, is that, that's, is that too easy to say? Is it just generally life and how young people, because it's not, it's not, an, uh, it's not just an Afro-Caribbean or an Af, an African, I'm, and I, I'm probably getting my parlance wrong here, so please forgive me. Uh, is it, is it just, is it, is it, is it the experience of, of young men from South London or does it translate across the UK? Cause, cause you were London based and for this book you went out, didn't you? And, and, and people like, is it, is it Bugsy Malone, uh, who is, is, is a man, is a Mancunian, um, yeah. rapper, grime artist, uh, and, and the effect that he has on it. So there are various sort of centers of various urban centers where people are writing and recording music and reflecting on their own lives. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, the book, it centres in three locations predominantly. So South London, but also South Wales and the West Midlands, which is like Birmingham and Coventry. And so the book, kind of, I spent five years travelling across those three regions to really report on the legacy of the music, the history of the music in these places and the effect it was having on individuals' lives in those places. So yeah, the music is like a, is a national thing now it's um as i say it's among one of the most popular genres in the uk and you find rappers from all across you from all across the uk but rappers from brighton rappers from stevenish rappers from edinburgh um it's taken real hold for people who are using it as a vessel and a vehicle to really document and talk about their daily experiences their community experiences and their life experiences it's a really real reflection of life in contemporary Britain at the minute. Because I said before, I, when I was in London in the, in the early nineties, it was it was during that sort of late eighties, early nineties. It was that it was that summer of love idea and the raves and the whole situation. And it was crossed. It was black, white, Indian, whatever. You didn't matter where you came from. It was where you were at. Is that still and is that still one of the things uh, for people like Stormzy? Is it still sort of multicultural? Is it still multi? If you're like, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It's it's where your head is at. 
Yeah, it's definitely still a multicultural genre. I think this still has its roots and its elements, of course, in um, a lot of Black British culture. But that has then translated to there are, of course, like um, rappers and MCs from all different backgrounds. I speak about I speak to rappers in the book who have Greek Cypriot. I speak to rappers in the book who are white Welsh. I speak to people from Gambia, Jamaica. So the roots, though, it has its, of course, its roots are in Black British culture and um, sound system culture and comes out of communities that are predominantly Black communities, but it's still spread right across the UK and its participants are, are varied now. And that's perhaps one of the greatest things about having the, about the British music scene is it, it can draw from so many music cultures because they all, everybody ends up here despite you know, the, wrongs of, the rights and wrongs of empire but you know, a lot of people come back here Windrest Generation come back here Indian, uh, Indian Pakistanis come back here etc Greek Cypriots come back here and whatever but it does create a fantastic mixture that we, we can draw from yeah, no, definitely. The, the, the identities and DNAs in the music is so varied, which I think has created something really unique. And I think maybe that you don't necessarily see in a lot of hip hop scenes around the UK is that those varied heritages that show themselves in the music, in the language that's spoken in the music and begins to also really reflect, uh, the communities that birthed it. Like there's a big Somali community in the UK now, and that's really starting to be reflected in British rap and British hip hop. And you can see their influence from language to dress and all of this kind of thing. So when you set out to write this book, did you have some preconceived notions about, like, okay, London is, is like the mother node and everywhere else is just like on periphery. And then you got out to South Wales and you got to Edinburgh, you got to the West Midlands and thought, hang on a second, there are there are artists out there who are every bit as vital and every bit of, re- bit of relevance to what's happening in contemporary British music scene than, 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 just, than just, you know, sort of Cold Harbour Lane. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, not with Birmingham, with Birmingham because Birmingham is obviously such a big city in itself and they've got such a history, a rich history of music and of, of rap music specifically and of grime. So I kind of knew about Birmingham and I knew there was a really interesting story to be told there and to be documented. With Wales, um, I didn't have preconceptions. I just didn't know much about Wales. I'd only been once, I think, as a kid to Snowdonia. So it was like a foreign concept to me. So it was a real learning curve. But I got to learn about Wales having one of the oldest ethnic and black communities in the UK in Cardiff down by Tiger Bay where they've had migrants coming in for over 100 years now and that has its own rich uh, musical history which I was able to document in the book too so it was a learning process going to some of these places that I'd never been to been to before and a really enriching one in that in that sense too and so what 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 if you what do you what's what's the if you like the trajectory for, for somebody like it, like Stormzy, because I mean he is perhaps along with Dave the most recognizable of the figures mm. um Eight could be the book, you know, heavy is the heavy is the, the head that wears the crown, etc. Is he aware of the influence he's having across young, you know, I've got you know, kids friends with teenage kids and they know Stormzy and they wear their hoodies up and the whole thing, even though they're in, you know, in southern Spain. So is he is he aware of the influence he's having and the responsibility that comes with this? Because for a lot of these people, for a lot of these young people in inner city areas in what we would, you know, count, we'd say low, low housing, I suppose, you know, low cost. You talk about people with, with, with bugs in the line, people stopping and bringing their mums to meet them and, and, and being stopped and, and people literally being so, you know, like, as if these people are, are inspirational and providing a way that's not perhaps a bad way out of the situation and, and mm. saying that I've done this with my life and you can do it too. Yeah, no, definitely. People like Stormzy, Bugsy Blown, as you say, Dave, they've become kind of icons in, in the UK and in different places from in where they're from. People really look to them as vessels and um, symbols of hope 
and symbols of inspiration too, because they've really taken something, nothing and made something from it and um, created really blossoming careers, but also in the process of really started to give back to the communities that they've come from in a real physical and tangible way. Stormzy, of course, has numerous charitable arms to his like uh, Murky Foundation, his Murky Books publishing imprint. So I think he's become like a real symbol in the UK for hope um, from working class communities. And I think he's definitely aware of it because I've interviewed Stormzy a few times and he's mentioned, I guess that is the idea, heavy is the head that wears the crown, is that he is aware that people are really looking to him in this way. Um, and that's a lot of responsibility to deal with. And at the same time, he's still a young man. Is he as big in real life as he looks to on my video screen? <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's very tall. Like, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very tall. Yeah, doesn't that, doesn't that sort of put impose you if you go, you get the wrong question there for you? They just give you give you a look or something. No, nah, he was he's one of the nicest people I've interviewed. He's been he's been he was really nice. Um, he's really cool when I've spoken to him. I think three times I've interviewed him now, and he's been really nice, really um introspective with his with his thoughts as well, and really intelligent as well. And it's no surprise, I guess, that he's made it to where it, to where he is because uh, you can see there's a real thought and meaning and intention behind everything that he does. How long did it take you for so the sort of big business business to get hold of this? Because we know Stormzy because he because he's as I said he's probably the preeminent artist, but he's been, and they've been picked up by by the big labels. Now. I mean, how long did it take for them to to a get a handle on it and b to say, look, th- th- this isn't Jay Z, this is this, this isn't the African American experience. This, this is a completely different experience. Yeah, it took a long time. Grime kind of started in the early two thousands, as I say, two thousand two, two thousand three. UK rap came coming along this strand of UK rap I'm talking about anyway coming along just slightly after and it wasn't until maybe 2014 that there was a real mainstream that these sounds exploded into the mainstream and it wasn't as if the record labels decided to like give these musicians a chance it's like these musicians and these music cultures really forced their way onto the mainstream stages by just speaking for so many people in the way that they do they became popular in a way that they couldn't be ignored by the uh, I guess mainstream music industry so that was kind of process that happened about 10 years ago and from then the music has continued to incline and incline in a way I think nobody really expected but the book looks to chart why that happened and also how that's happened and what that means for not just the British music and society but for the communities and people living in these places too. I suppose playing Glastonbury as well because he didn't he headline Glastonbury a while back and that must have been that that is the ultimate sort of right that's putting your flag that's saying right i'm here uh you know we're here and we're not going anywhere yeah, uh, Glastonbury is probably the biggest stage you can play as a, as a British, British artist, the biggest festival stage. And uh, when he headlined in 2019, he not only, he brought, I guess, a lot of his contemporaries and his peers uh, to share the stage with him. Dave and uh, performed that night. He read, he did this iconic, now iconic moment where Stormzy read out, I think it was 56 names of other musicians who he believes are also breaking the mould for Black British music. And so he used it as an opportunity to say, as you say, like, this isn't just about me. There's a whole... Um, culture of people here who are arriving to and who are making great music and so it's not just going to be a case of one and done um this is something that's here to stay and so so where do we go from where, where does the music go from here and where does the, the the movement almost go from here because it has been it's been it's been a journey thus far like i said before people like bugsy and storm uh stormzy and dave have carried this forward and they brought people with them in their wake in a good way and i mean that you know not just clinging on um is this going to be I mean, it's been going for over a decade now. It just shows how, how old I am. But is, is it this, are we going to see 
if you like a second, there, is there, there must be a second generation of grime acts now bubbling on, you know, because 10 years is an awfully long time in, in putting in the music business because the music business works on, do, on doggies and steroids, doesn't it? I mean, seven years, you know, one year in the music business is like seven years anywhere else. In the, and in fact, probably times it by two, you know? So is there, is there a yeah, second no. generation of grime coming up? That's what, that's what my, my question is. Yeah, there's a whole legion that there's a whole new generations of, of UK rappers coming up now who are just as commercially successful in many ways as some of the names we've spoken about. You see people like, um, Digger D or Lil Kana who are in their early twenties, I believe. And they are, some of them are drill acts. Some of them are alternative rappers. People like Nux make kind of alternative rap music that uses jazz and UK rap. So you have a whole new generation blending these sounds, um, in really interesting ways. And I think that is like the kind of genealogy of, of British rap and of, um, British MC culture is that it continues to evolve. As we say, like jungle came before garage, garage came before grime. And now that has evolved into like UK drill and all of these alternative rap sounds too. So I think that evolution is, is the one thing that's promised, I think, in the story of this music. When you sat down to write this book, did you, do you think you were, you were going to get such a, such a great reaction from across not just the music press, but I mean, it's been, it's been looked at as, as, as a cultural thing, as a social thing. I mean, it must be extremely gratifying to, for, for the book that you've written to, to hit such a chord people and people to actually recognize and understand it's not it's not just a music book yeah no definitely that it's been really amazing to see the response from everybody and part of me did think because there wasn't hadn't necessarily been a book written about the music before and the music has obviously has such a hold in the UK that it was a great opportunity and a great moment to write the book. And I think also, as you say, like a lot of, a lot of people have said it doesn't feel like a music book. And that probably goes to my interest in literature, which is very like uh, narrative nonfiction based. And so I wanted to like write a living study of people's lives, not just the music itself. And I think blending those two together, I think covered rich territory. So thankfully that opened me up to like quite different audiences who may be interested. Some people not interested in uh, rap at all have really found just solace in reading like some of the amazing personal stories in the book. And some people who are just really heavy music heads have really enjoyed tracing the music's lineage in the, in the book's pages. So it's been quite a beautiful reaction. One I'm, I'm very happy with. And, and for the future, I mean, we've always seen some, some collaborations. I know that obviously Stormzy did something with, with Ed Sheeran, which is moving into the mainstream a bit more. Are we going to see more of that, that music moving to, into, I mean, if, you know, for anybody under the age of 25, it's probably already in the mainstream. For those of us who are above that age, well, are we, we're going to see more of this influence coming in too? Because, you know, when it, when it gets picked up by a major label, the next thing you know, it's appearing in advertising, it's appearing in, th- in theme tracks, etc. Yeah, I think that, that, that move into the mainstream, I think will continue to happen. As you say, people like Ed Sheeran, some of the, probably the biggest musician outside of Adele in the, in the UK. So I think you'll st- start to see a few more of those collaborations. He's collaborated with a few UK rappers now. Um, and you're hearing it in adverts. I've heard like a UK drill and an Asda advert, I think last year. So that move into mainstream culture, I think more so just reflects the space the music is occupying in people's lives. Uh, as you say, as I say, it's stretched way beyond the communities that created it now. And yeah, Young kids all across the country really engage with the music and with the culture too. So I think quite naturally it's being reflected in other parts of our society and other parts of British society. What do you hope the people will learn from uh, where we come from? Uh, oh, good question. I think I hope people understand uh, the that the music 
that the emergence of somebody like a Stormzy or a Dave or these musicians now who are dominating the mainstream wasn't an accident. And it's been like a long line of generations who have really fought and been resistant um, and carved the ways chip by chip at, at, at what was a closed door at one point. And I think to really show that the impact of the music far extends beyond like millions of records sold. It really has impacted people's personal lives on a real power, on a really powerful um, level. And I look to really document that process in the book. So I, I hope that's what people would take take from it. The book is called Where We Come From. It's by In Afiok uh, Ekpudum. Uh, if people want to find you online, uh, where where can they go? Presumably you're on the, on the social media and whatever else. Yeah, I'm, I'm on um, or X and uh, Instagram, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at uh, Anafiok Ekp A N I E F I O K Ekp, and uh, yeah, the book where we come from, rap home and hope in modern Britain's out in all bookstores and online, so you can find me through those channels too. And you'll be able to uh, order it as well from our own virtual bookstore. Uh, the book is called Where We Come From. Uh, Anafiok, thank you so much for a for a lesson and b for your time today. Now, thank you for having me. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Listen. 